Rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,253, Feb 26, 2024. I don't know if we'll get to the record. It was 64 degrees on this day in 1896. And it was 20... <laughs> Jesus. It was 21 below in 1897. Play the song. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from it's the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor. It's already been a long Joe week, huh? Sushi. Uh, John and I were talking this morning. Uh, this warm weather is uh, unseasonable, uh, but enjoyable from my perspective. Hell yeah. And I was just wondering, back in 1921, for example, that's the year uh, a calendar year received its first 60-degree temp uh, in the year. And, and that was on Feb 15 in 1921. It hit 63. Ooh. And that's the first time uh, 60 shows up in Feb in the brief amount of time that we've been keeping records. So, John, what did you find for 1921? 1921, it did not uh, cause any stir in either of the papers. I saw both the Minneapolis Star and the Star Tribune. Mm -hmm. In the Star, there was a tiny little boxed bottom left of the front page that just gave the forecast with no temp readings at all. It just said rain or snow possible tonight, but warmer this evening. Jeez. No mention of temps at all. Uh, and there was a tiny box also on the front page. It said it was a story. It, uh, the lead was those who fall to bank furnace fires tonight, believing Minneapolis's mild weather will continue indefinitely, will awake shivering tomorrow. So apparently it was supposed to get Oh, sim similar to what's happening today. Wow. It's supposed to get yep. very cold tomorrow. All right, then we, then we jumped forward. We went to 1981 when on February 16th in 1981, mm -hmm. it was 60 degrees. Any any news about that? Uh, the only thing was, and before I do that, the, on the 20, uh, 1921 run, one, uh, 25 stories on the front page. 25. Oh, yeah. On. They used to lay out the paper uh, slap yeah. dashery. Yeah. Uh, on February 16th, 1981, the only thing about the weather, there was a picture on the front page, mm -hmm. uh, and it was uh, from the ground, a photo yeah. of joggers and a lot of water, and it said joggers face unseasonable problem, colon, puddles. Okay. And that was it. That there was, was nothing it. nothing else. Uh, there was a picture in the metro section of four fishermen standing on Lake Calhoun. Mm. And most most of what they were standing on was Water. puddles. Yeah. Puddles, yeah. And there was ice, too, and it said, watch out. And then there was another picture of a cross-country ski race that was mostly done on mud and grass in Mora I'll because be there, there was no snow. And other than that, there's no, uh, you know, nothing. All that, right. Thank uh, you. For, thank indicate. you for that report, mm -hmm. Jeff. Yes. I, I was reading the Wall Street Journal Saturday, and this small story caught my eye. It was on page two. A teeny one, yeah. Page two. You read thoroughly, don't you? And I I, uh, I noted uh, Wisconsin, and uh, the headline was Teens Sought in Luxury Car Thefts. 
uh, it's very short, I can read it. A group of teenagers believed to be from Chicago broke into a luxury car dealership in Wisconsin and drove off with nine vehicles valued at more than a half million dollars. Wow. Sunday's heist at a Jaguar Land Rover dealership in Waukesha was captured on surveillance camera footage showing nine masked suspects filing into the dealership before each drives off in a car. Uh, Waukesha is about 19 miles west of Milwaukee. The video also shows one car being backed up and smashed through an overhead service door. Waukesha Police Captain Dan Bauman said the suspects broke into the dealership about 6 a.m. Sunday, found where its car keys were stored, and then activated the key fobs to find the cars they stole. The vehicles are valued at more than 583 grand. One suspect, a 17-year-old Chicago boy, was arrested Sunday in the southern Wisconsin community of Pleasant Prairie after the stolen vehicle he was driving along Interstate 94 crashed because these kids don't, don't know how, how to, to drive. drive. <laughs> it was crashed during a police pursuit. He was being held at the Waukesha County Jail on a $50,000 bond. Police said Sunday that the suspects are believed to be an organized crime group of teenagers from the Chicago area. And I thought to myself... What if Jaguar was still located in downtown Minneapolis? It used to be on Hennepin and Washington. Yeah. It was Hansard, mm -hmm. and they moved. So what if a Jaguar Land Rover dealership was still in downtown under the purview of the Minneapolis City Council? And let's say three or four times a year it had been robbed of the luxury cars. What do you think the response of the city council would be having uh, having they already have provided evidence to what their response might be. Yes, you in the back. They would sue Jaguar. They would go after Jaguar uh, Land Rover for failure to manufacture because they manufactured keys that actually identified the car. Mm -hmm. And that makes it way too easy. Readily available. When you break into a dealership and then you press a key fob and note, oh, it's the third one down there. It's the red one. That's 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 the fault of Jaguar Land Rover. That's where we are in this country today. Yep. Wow. They, they, and, and it would even be more likely that that would be the response because it's also a city council that would pr be predisposed unless it was driven by an equity uh, officer, they would be predisposed to frown upon high-end cars, luxury cars, Jags and, and Land Rovers. So they'd, this, they would be licking their chops to relieve the criminal aspect of it from the youth. They would go after the manufacturer for making key fobs that just, they identify the car. They shouldn't identify the car. But you mentioned something, too. The organized ring out of Chicago. What is that distance to, to Waukesha, as Johnny once Hour called it? 20 minutes. Oh, so it is, it is fairly close. Okay. It's nothing. Wow. It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. You live in a northern suburb, you can go to a Marquette game in about 55 minutes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, then uh, I know, too, that uh, I was reminded that you could used to be able to steal a car with maybe a screwdriver and a piece of wire. It was it was back back in the good old days. In the good old days <laughs> when people were honest, yeah. Cars were terribly easy to steal. Yep. Well, I got a note from Steve Mulholland who's in the uh the belly of the beast. 
Sticking their noses in the conflict between Israel and Palestine was the first order of business for the newly assembled Minneapolis City Council. Their encore is to jump on Keith Ellison's coattails and call for a recall of Kia and Hyundai vehicles, which are being efficiently snarfed up by resourceful urban utes. You've already discussed the absurdity of blaming auto manufacturers or crimes committed by misguided young people and how there was a time when any car could be stolen with a screwdriver and some wire. Yet there was no epidemic of auto thefts, frankly, because it was a simpler time when people actually obeyed laws. Just because you could steal a car didn't mean you had to. There's also been a rash of yard items being stolen in Minneapolis. Should we file a suit against Adirondack? But what this council fails to realize is that if even in, even if Kia and Hyundai wave a magic wand rendering all their vehicles new and used impossible to steal, the Utes would find something else to take from law-abiding citizens. We're putting a Band-Aid on an infection that will never fix the problem Keep pushing back loyal GL or Steve Mulholland in the belly of the beast in the liberal lakes area of Minneapolis. Hmm. But he's right. I, I've told you guys this story before, but it bears repeating. One time there was a, 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 a sudden ruckus in our front yard at our house when I was a kid. Okay. And many, many neighbors had congregated. And it turned out that a 25-horse outboard on the old man's boat had been stolen overnight. That's a heavy engine. Right. And no one could believe it. People were standing around in the yard and rubbing their chins. And you know, What do you think happened, Henry? Yeah, right. I don't know. You can tell they that, got it off here. That's and, a two-person job. Right. And You'd I'd have to be, be awful strong and awful quiet. I, I guess my... Uh, I guess my point had nothing to do with the size of the motor or what it weighed. What about the front yard being the lakeside? Did that have anything to do with your point? This that? was in the front yard. Yeah. My point was that people were astonished by a theft. Yeah. Astonished. We knew that. We just opted to change the focus. Because we've heard the story before. Yeah, we, we had, you know, a couple, two, three times a week. But you're right. <laughs> and uh, when you were going on and on and on about the car thefts we currently have, I just uh, can't stop thinking about how easily it's all solved by a $30 steering wheel lock that's visible from the outside when you see it. Hell, it probably doesn't even have to work. It's solved by something easier than that, oh, which is very difficult to recover. It's it's solved by people having a sense of obligation to their fellow man. Yeah. It almost seems, you're right, it's too late. It seems like we'll never be able to go back. Yeah. It really does. Uh, it's just, well. In more ways than one. Well, I mean, I, how do I count the ways? How do I count the ways? I'd start with one. Yeah, I mean, a, a real good place to start at the very beginning. I think that was rhetorical, I think. Oh, are those the ones you're not supposed to answer? Yeah. Hmm. The, uh, there's an emailer who's found fault with our ruling on the bit of cookie that was taken. Oh, From oh, a gas really? station, unless he's having a laugh, hmm. there, a bit of cookie was taken from a gas station in... Uh, the Brainerd area, and the fellow who emailed us wanted a ruling on whether he uh, 
did he in fact commit a crime? Mm. And well, in fact, he did apparently because he was he has to appear in court because the the uh, clerk on duty felt violated that a little <laughs> piece of crap cookie was taken. <laughs> and uh, uh, this Joe, Joe from Egan writes, please see Exhibit A attached. It is a photo of a quarter-sized cookie found over the weekend at my local Target store. Did I pick up and eat it? No, because I know the difference between right and wrong. Hmm. What's next? I decide to pick lilacs down on Main Street from some curmudgeon's front yard. I wait for Rookie to look away, and I swipe the half-eaten pork chop from his plated kitchen and rail. We don't steal. And then he sends uh, the exhibit, uh, the cookie, the little hunk of cookie that was bit off, you know. And, uh, well, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, yeah. There I mean, it is. A little turd-like cookie. May I introduce here. into evidence photo number one? <laughs> yeah, right. I think he's having a bit of a laugh with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we were right. Um, but let's just hope the judge throws it out. I have a viewpoint on our show, on me, from Vietnam. Hmm. Oh. Your analysis and nuanced, thoughtful takes on many issues is why I've been listening since the radio days, and now that I live in Vietnam, I've never missed a podcast. That said, I'm surprised you failed to see the irony in your shallow analysis of Trump consistently saying that he was stunted at the age of seven by some event or trauma. Do you see the irony? Your closed-minded, narrow view of this one topic looks like the same stunted Trump derangement syndrome that you accuse Trump of being limited by. To make matters worse, you seem to hold the staff hostage from any attempt at a nuanced debate on the subject. Still love the show, and don't get me wrong, but just hope you can take a step back and see how your biases are holding the show back from being even better. Cheers from Saigon, Charles Mantufel. May, may I go first? Yes. And, and I think I speak for the whole gang, the four of us here. Um, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> with me or Charles with, Mantufo? With the, the fellow from Vietnam. Disagree it's, in what sense? It's not the Matthew show. It's not the Chris show. It's not the John show. It's not the Kenny show. It's the Joe show. We get in our jabs, but, you know, it's your show. You do what you want. I do agree that you do have Trump derangement syndrome, though. I do and not. I do not. Have yes, you absolutely do, Joe. Well, you, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you do. You hate him so much no, that you're obsessed by it. Staying out of this one. I'm going to set this play out. <laughs> yeah, me too. But it. I, I think speaking again for the four of us, we don't care. It's it's Joe Souchere's Garage Logic. It's your show. The policies that tend to be put in place with the likes of Trump in office are more appealing to me than any policies put in place under Biden. All right. But, but But Trump, to me, is the wrong messenger. He's a despicable human being. Now, if that, if that suggests derangement syndrome, so be it. I... I don't fly off the handle at every mention of Trump. I, he doesn't consume. Well, he doesn't well. consume my daily thinking. It's just I just think it's a shame this once great country has come to, come down to these two pathetic creatures for the president of the United States. 
I just think I it's agree. it's just pathetic. And Haley losing by what was it forty percent over the weekend? Is that the right number? Forty percent? Well, forty percent of Republicans 40. did not vote for Trump. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so uh, it was interesting eating, uh, reading the pieces about that this morning. The policies the- that that would be put in place under a Trump well. well even that might be in, in question, given some of his comments. But generally speaking, the policies put in place during his presidency were far better than the policies that have been put in place by Biden. Right? So I can see that. But so the country d- deserves a decent human being as president. Gotcha. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. We are here today. Oh, no. At this prestigious insert location to talk with people. Okay. People in uniform, people in suits, people in t shirts, people in dresses. And all of these people are here today together. Okay. Because we want to be unburdened by the things that have burdened us in the past mm-hmm. and in the present and perhaps even in the future. And as I look around, I see the sun is shining, and I see that there are trees over there, and (laughs) there is ground beneath us, and I have hands, and they are clapping. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What's her name, Chris? Elsa Kurt. And a lot of the Kamala ones, and she's fantastic, but some of the Kamala ones she does, we can't use because she likes to throw in a curse word every once in a while. But the beauty of that is that's the all-encompassing Kamala speech. That could have been placed That's all you need to know. Insert location. Right. And then you got it covered. (laughs) I'm glad to be here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Then she would say the same nonsense. Unburdened is a big one with her. Unburdened. I have hands. I have hands, and they are clapping. So... (laughs) If Trump, during the last election, remember the lead up the summer um, before the election, Trump was just off the rails on social media. If he had kept his mouth shut, if he wasn't on social media, would you have cast a vote for him? Would your would your tune be different about him if he was simply more presidential? I I have to think that would that would alter my thinking a great deal. But he's the least and I, presidential person I've ever come across. If, and I if think he, you are in the majority. And I think my personal feeling is that's why he lost. He's his own worst enemy. He is his own worst enemy. If he could have stayed off of Twitter, though, he'd be a different person, yeah. which would How make so? us probably... Well, you his mean? ego, his oh right. right. I mean, oh, oh, you're him, right. He would have thing, to be a whole it, you know, different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he and he wouldn't be as despicable as Joe likes to call him, as as some right. of us find yeah. him. Yeah, but he does one poke too many. That's what his problem. He can't leave things alone. Well, he's uh, he's not fit. He, I'm sorry. The policies that were created under the Trump presidency were better than the policies created under the Biden policy. A, there's no guarantee that the next Trump presidency would result in policies, some of which might be very threatening to us, some of which maybe not. 
But the first time around, he yeah, much better than what's happened under this. Uh, whoever's running the country now, it's not Biden. It might be Obama. It might be Michelle Obama. It might be a. We've heard the term uh, uh, recently of the O Biden presidency. Which why I, don't you I play Joe? Kind of like. You had some Joe there. Oh, that might take me a moment. I didn't know. Yeah. You uh, well, while you're doing that, the other what Joe talks about and everything. There's why do you think all the former people that worked for Trump are speaking out against yeah, him? They they couldn't and, wait well, to get away, and, and yeah. are saying he's he's a danger to America, et cetera, et cetera. Is it just because they're jealous? Because they're angry at him for you know maybe losing their jobs? What see that's part of it for me too. Is, mm-hmm. And those aren't those aren't I mean crazy people. Those are actual people who've worked in government all their lives for better or for worse etc you know what i'm saying yeah i do but there's there's a lot of them there's it's not just like it's like two or three guys there's a lot do you have the context for this biden remark it's gonna need i i need a minute because i i lost it on my clip because i did not know that you were gonna ask for oh, it, you chris, lost it huh? okay chris are we allowed to play stuff lost from saturday it. night live we are not no nope, we are not all right not. comedian shane gillis was on and we were talking about this before the show. They did one really funny skit oh. where Shane played Trump and he had the Trump shoes on. And, oh, my God, it's, it's just really it's so funny. close to home. That was yeah. funny. That was very funny. My garage door guy is not just the guy. You get the whole family with precision garage door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. They don't charge more for weekend visits. If you've ever got stung on a weekend, you know how meaningful that can be and they take care of everything and they try to take care of it with the one visit they don't have to give you that song and dance about running back to the shop because they forgot an elbow joint they got the stuff in the truck most often they have the stuff in the truck the springs the rollers the hardware whatever they need they get stuff and then they text you and they say hey we're about 40 minutes out. You can get yourself ready. You oh, get they the, give you an ETA? You get the coffee and the chair. You bring the newspaper oh out. You're ready to watch this whole operation. Uh, if you need a door, they'll take care of that. Why don't you put their number in your cell phone contacts? See how modernized I've become? Mm-hmm. <laughs> put that in your cell phone contacts under precision door. Maybe you just want to have precision. Right. However you do your contacts. Right. 612 612- <laughs> Two six three six nine eight five. If you don't have contacts in your cell phone, find them on the computers, on the computers, on the interwebs. Yes, internet. PrecisionDoorMN.com. That's PrecisionDoorMN.com. Hey everybody, it's John here and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 
20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at Factormeals.com slash GarageLogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. Council members, we have the ultimate practical joke to play on your, your significant other, your buddy, your brother, your friend, whatever. Go to the store, the music store, buy a cheap harmonica, and then get some zip ties and zip tie that harmonica on the undercarriage of the person's vehicle. Oh, sweet wow. Jesus. Yeah. You got to make sure the mouthpiece part is facing forward <laughs> and you get up to speed. And that thing starts singing, and it will drive them crazy. You should have done this to Joe. I know. I sent it to him. I was so excited that I sent it to Suits right away, and then I'm going, oh, damn it, I should have sent it to Paul. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Closing out February, but you still got time to love your rug with Zero Res. If you want to get your carpets cleaned professionally, then Zero Res is the only company you should go for, especially during the month of love. They got the Love Your Rug special. Zero Res will spread the love to you and your home. They've got over 17,000 Google reviews, a 4.9 rating, and Zero Res has got a great deal for you. You can get three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $119. They'll throw in a free hallway. Don't forget to get your air ducts clean because there's a bunch of yucky junk up there. This month <laughs> takes 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts, zero res clean. But you got to ask for the deal. Ask them about the Rookie Love Your Rug special. Call 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and tell them you want the Rookie Love Your Rug special. And business owners, call today for your commercial cleaning estimate. They can get it zero resified. They do a great job with businesses as well. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, spelled forwards or backwards, spelled the same, Zero Res. Uh, is it true that Trump just forgot his wife's name? <laughs> and called her Mercedes. Who hasn't done that? Right. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, Lois, well. hang up the phone. Remember that one? <laughs> Don't you ever call me Lois again. Mercedes. What's, what's embarrassing is when you have the name wrong at certain times, if right. you know what I'm saying. I think yes, I do. Yes, timing is everything. <laughs> I think I do. Well, here's... I don't know what you mean. They're both... Uh, no. yeah, okay. <laughs> they're both struggling a bit, I think, with cognitive issues. But yeah. here's our president during a governor's uh, conference... Uh, referring to, I believe, uh, Abraham Lincoln. All right. And, you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. He, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do, and we do well to remember what else he said? He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of it's in the, in the part of the Civil War. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around, I know I don't look it, I've been around a long while. <laughs> and uh, but I mean this sincerely. We've gotten, politics has gotten too bitter. What of which un- he's responsible for. What an undistinguished career he's had for 45 years. Right. So I love just, how he says, I don't look it, but I've been around a while. Well, no, you, you, yeah. you do. 
All right, back to the local front. We've had a rash of robberies over the weekend in Minneapolis. Three juveniles. Uh, robberies, some at gunpoint, some not. Cars, uh, belongings. It was, uh, and I asked John to find the previous rash, which was when, John? Uh, the previous rash was in February on the 12th. And the it, was a, it was the same modus operandi. It was uh, correct uh, youths all around the city uh, s- sticking people up. Is that correct? That's correct. And yesterday the chief said it appears to be the same MO, the same spree that we suspected in the previous robbery spree. Now, have any arrests been made on the weekend's spree? Yes. They arrested three juveniles last evening after there was another spree last evening. Then what the, what the public needs to know is what did Mary, if they are the same as the first spree, then what did Mary do with them on the first spree? Yeah, and there's no follow-up to that. There is a story in the strip from February 12th just saying three juveniles, uh, three teenagers on Monday suspected in armed robbery were arrested. But uh, no, well, we no need word to on know. what happened to them after that. Well, we need to know. <laughs> was yesterday's arrest of the three, the same three. Hmm. Because if that's the case, the uh, prosecutorial system in Minneapolis does not work. It's literally, now there it is again, I'm sorry. It doesn't work. If, if, If Mary had a hand in this, which I don't know the answer to that question, it doesn't work. You can't bring in three hoodlums for a crime spree, let them go only to discover that two weeks later they're going to do the same thing. So how do we find out if it's the same three? I think you would be stymied if you're a reporter because they'd say, well, they're juveniles. And you're not going to get any information for that. So I think you'd have to either charge them as adults, right? And I don't know if you'd do that in this case. Or... Just ask somebody and see if you can get some info if they're going to be put in some program. Or help me something. understand that there there has to be a, a, a what would you call it a, a legal roster, correct? Of of arresting, yeah. But I don't know if, if being a minor does that change that. Yeah, they won't it, release the. Name. I'm terribly yeah, comfortable. I'm terribly comfortable betting. Uh, that's the same three. Now, Minneapolis is capable of producing was just more than one group of three <laughs> right. bandits, but I'm betting that's the same three, and I'm betting they uh, didn't suffer any consequences the first time around, and here they are again doing it again. I was uh, talking to a law enforcement officer over the weekend who monitors the large chain store off 494 in Bloomington. I don't know. Could you say the store? It's Walmart. Yeah. Oh, and nice. um, he, it's, this isn't a rip on Walmart, but he, he, one of his roles is he goes there when he's on duty. And he says, yep, we basically arrest the same, you know, 15 people oh. basically every other day. Hmm. And, you know, again, that's, you know, Hennepin County. Who are they working for, these kids? They're not bringing it home for themselves, are they? That's what his suspicion was, is the fact that this he, they've, they've got to be getting hired by somebody much larger. And they're specifically going after, they being these organized uh, rings, they're going after juveniles because that way they're easier. See, I had a little bit of different, uh, a little different take on it than you, Joe. I assumed it was 
two or three different groups of kids a few weeks ago and uh, two or three groups over the weekend most recently that are all working for somebody. Didn't we uh, discover during a rash of Best Buy thefts that it turns out the the kids stealing the TVs, they were, in fact, working for a larger syndicate? I I I vaguely remember that, yes. Here's the problem. What the problem? You probably already know the problem, but if you don't, the problem is we have to rely on consequences because we can't rely that the behavior is going to change. No. It's just not going to change. No, and in fact, it's getting yeah. worse. Yeah, and a quick turnaround will only make it worse. The, the consequences, all we can do, all we should be doing is taking them off the street for an extended period of time. But we are led by morons. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. they're yeah. morons. They're, they they want the car company responsible for a theft. They're morons. They're they, destructive morons. Yeah. They also, the story I handed you earlier, they want the citizens to maybe have well, a hand. Where is that? I printed it out for you. Did you guys see? <laughs> oh, well, let's no, find set it, it up or for print me. it again because I don't have it in front of me. For I, some I can do it right here. The uh-huh. uh, Minneapolis City Council is going to oh, ask. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hey, right, do you have it? Right I got it. Got it. Right there. <laughs> Should Minneapolis voters be allowed to simply vote change in the city's laws? Councilmember Robin Wansley thinks so, and there appears to be enough support on the council to move the idea toward a public hearing in mid-March and a potential ballot question in November. Wansley wants voters to amend the city charter to allow residents to vote directly to enact new city ordinances and repeal existing ones. I'm smelling a rat already. What could go wrong? Such a process is often called citizen initiative, ballot initiative, or popular referendum. Currently, voters can force the council to consider an issue via a ballot question, but only the council can actually make law. This is what happened with Minneapolis rent control question in in 2021. Voters approved a question saying the council should take the idea on, but the council has yet to pass anything. Well, because that would involve work. (laughs) To the frustration of supporters like Wansley, it's a power to the people argument, a form of direct democracy currently favored by many on the left and left end of the political spectrum in major American cities. They might as well have written... Dave Oreck uh, wrote this. He might as well have written, uh, very popular, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. Ballot initiatives give residents another option when they are faced with bureaucratic stalling tactics, vetoes, and other barriers. Wansley wrote in a newsletter to constituents describing the process as a check and balance on City Hall. Uh, rent control. When when Minneapolis voters told the council to deliberate on the issue, St. Paul voters simply made it happen, uh, w- which has been nothing but trouble. <laughs> that same night, St. Paul voters enacted a rent control policy by approving a more specific and powerful question on their ballots. That's because St. Paul's charter allows for ballot initiatives and referendums. In fact, so do a number of other Minnesota cities including Duluth, Bloomington, and Brooklyn Park. 
not everyone does. Rochester, for example, operates like Minneapolis. Wansley has not produced specifics yet. Well, because that would involve work. <laughs> In most referendum communities, a threshold of voter signatures is needed to get a question on the ballot. And sometimes the city council or mayor need to sign off. Is there opposition? There is yet to be full-fledged discussion on the idea, because that would take work. But council member Linnea Palmasano recently expressed reservations, arguing that citizen initiatives actually weaken the council by bypassing it. And that, she said, actually weakens the council's ability to check the power of the mayor. And finally, specific wording for Wansley's proposal will be completed in a few weeks, and the city council is eyeing a mid-March public hearing. Uh, the council recently voted to hold a March 4 hearing, but that date appeared likely to be postponed for procedural reasons, meaning there's, they would have to work more. Got it. If the council approves the idea, it could be subject, subject to a veto by Fry, who hasn't weighed in. The council could override his veto if it survives. It would go to the Charter Commission, whose support would be needed to place the question to voters in the fall's general election. Well, based on this, we really don't know what uh, this would look like. So it's just uh, it's just Wansley shooting off her trap at this point. There's no there's nothing definitive here. My take is the voters will decide if the council should decide, right? That's the, one way to look at it. But, but the, who's going to get that question on the ballot? Uh, I want free ice cream in all of Minneapolis. How do I get that question on the ballot so we can decide if the city council should decide for us, right? Well, I want to be on record. I would vote for that. I, 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 mm. I want to take your I want free ice cream and run with that. To me, what this suggests is Wansley uh, is hoping that maybe the citizens would come up with a variety of laws to help push along the mystery. Uh, maybe eliminate all laws for car theft. Maybe eliminate uh, uh, burglaries uh, over uh, under $500. Maybe uh, uh, create demands for... Uh, uh, homeless can live in a building if they can demonstrate that the owners are in, in Phoenix for six months. Uh, maybe she could come up. Maybe she's hoping uh, as long as the people in Minneapolis who appear to be doing the voting are on the same page as these morons they've elected. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. you might be she might be looking at a situation where she's hoping to bring about s significant change. To the cultural landscape by eliminating law-breaking for many of the things that are now law-breaking. That would be my uh, cynical take on what she's up to. It seems like a long-term con game where the city council is making the citizens of Minneapolis feel and think like the city council is working for them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, in fact, they're not, they're not. The, the, the citizens of Minneapolis are just playing right into their hands. Right? Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's my takeaway. My takeaway is this is a bad idea because it came from Robin Wanzel. <laughs> 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 it would have been a bad idea no matter who it came from. Right. And 
Paul Misano, Lisa, Lisa. Oh, I'm sorry, Linnea Paul Misano. She's opposed. Well, she has reservations arguing that citizen initiatives actually weaken the council by bypassing it. And that, she said, actually weakens the council's ability to check the power of the mayor. I didn't get that takeaway because I took away the fact that the citizens would decide what the council should pass or not pass. So the citizens are going to say... We want you guys to talk about free uh, uh, snow shoveling sidewalks. We want you to talk about that. Well, right? and again, the reason we're struggling is uh, this story's premature. Uh, yeah, that we there's no uh, there's no definitive characteristics of the Robin Wansley plan, but she probably had a couple of minutes there where she wasn't really swamped with work and uh, light day <laughs> came up with this BS. So who knows what they're doing. Right? Yes. Would you like to go to Mr. Height? I would like to tell the fine GLers about my friends at Hofferman Water. You know, Joe was asking me about my son's basketball tournament before the show started. Oh, I was. And I told him that all of the kids filled up their water bottles with the best drinking water possible. All right. Connecticut and Hofferman, listen, GLers, get on the schedule. Have them come out for that free water analysis today. 612 895 Two four four zero. You could also visit their website, which is of course HoffermanWater.com. It's made an amazing difference in the quality of the water inside my home, and I know it will do the same for you. You get that new system, your showers are better. So was your laundry, your drinking water, your coffee in the morning? Yeah, it's all there for you. HoffermanWater.com. Get on the schedule. Have them come out for that free water analysis. Like I said, they have been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please do me a favor. When you call them and book that appointment, mention you heard about it here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Who's doing something? Kenny Olsen pins and clevis hooks. And <laughs> Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores. Hog chains. through the nuts and bolts of life. Nuts and uh, The number one reoccurring theme we've received over the years from GLers about seafoam motor treatment without question is how it saved them time and money by keeping their ailing cylinders out of the shop. And a lot of these people chime in and say the mechanics just instruct the owner to throw some seafoam through it, run some seafoam through it before I even crack the hood on this thing. Just because these guys know how to rebuild a carb or an injection system doesn't mean they necessarily want to. I've often thought, now tell me, I think this is a brilliant idea. One of the codes that you get on your dash um, you know, you get the low fuel, ding, 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 or the irritating message about a tire being five pounds low or a door jar. Why not a seafoam dash light? It saves so many people time and money, and you just stop off at the convenience store, grab a seafoam, can of seafoam, throw it in. Next thing you know, the dash light's off. Everybody's happy. You're going down the road. It's a miracle elixir for our cylinders, and thankfully, it's readily available all over the globe. Look for it in an automotive chemical aisle near you. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. Here is Mr. John Height. 
Thank you, Joe. This news brought to you by North American Banking Company. Uh, here's the uh, full story on those robberies we were talking about. Minneapolis police did arrest three juveniles last night in a string of robberies that occurred during separate crime sprees on opposite sides of the city. Uh, yesterday afternoon, Police Chief Brian O'Hara said that four robberies took place in the morning in 18 minutes on the city's 5th precinct. Precinct stopped responding to calls for service for 45 minutes in order to triage limited resources toward the robbery reports. A half hour later, police responded to another carjacking followed by an armed robbery across the river in Northeast. O'Hara said the uh, suspects, young and mostly targeted female victims, in some cases at gunpoint, nobody luckily injured in those robberies. The crimes may be connected to a string of similar robberies that occurred in Minneapolis earlier this month. So far this year, 237 robberies have been reported in Minneapolis on pace to match the average from the past three years, but up 34% from the same time in 2023, marking a setback for downward progress in violent crime seen last year. Earlier this month, O'Hara issued a department-wide memo to reallocate resources during a robbery spree. The protocol directs patrol officers across the city who are not on a high-priority call or actively engaged in another emergency to respond to the area of the robbery spree. O'Hara said the police response Sunday did have the intended effect of stopping the sprees, Yet that time, it asked the public to be on the lookout for groups of young people circling a block in stolen cars looking for potential victims. Police say they're still investigating. They'll release more information as it becomes available. Members of the State Paul Federation of Educators are making plans to go on strike next month. In a release sent out this morning by the union, representatives say they will file their intent to strike notice sometime. <laughs> during the afternoon hours and add that if necessary, a strike would begin on Monday, March 11th. Filing comes after more than 92% of SPFE members voted to authorize the strike. Another full-day mediation session is scheduled for March 1st. The last time union members went on strike in St. Paul was in 2020, but they have taken several strike votes during that time since then during each of the past four bargaining cycles. It may have been road rage uh, that was behind a shooting that injured a motorist Saturday night in Blaine. The victim was exiting Highway 610, turning onto University Avenue about 7 in the evening when Captain Mark Borboom says he was shot. The victim told police an occupant in a black Toyota Camry behind him fired multiple shots at his vehicle, one bullet hit the victim in the abdomen. He was taken to Mercy Hospital with a minor injury. Officers responding to the scene found the victim's vehicle with multiple bullet holes and multiple casings were found in the area. The shooting was possibly the result of road rage, but that all remains under investigation. According to police, nobody has been arrested in that case yet. University of Minnesota's Board of Regents will pick a new president today. The three finalists were introduced to the public last week. Each of them will be interviewed one final time before a final decision will be made later on this afternoon. Last month, the U of M announced the search for its next president was down to three candidates. They are James Holloway, the provost and executive vice president for academic affairs at the University of New Mexico, Laura Bloomberg, current president of Cleveland State University, and Rebecca Cunningham, the vice president for research and innovation at the University of Michigan. Interviews being held this morning into the early afternoon and then the U is expected to speak more about it, have a meeting, and pick the new president late in the afternoon. Did anyone read about any of these three? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I have, and I can find no evidence that it 
will make any difference whatsoever. They're just three people from the industry of the failed academy. Did you notice all three of them had one thing in common? What's that? The old phony doctor, you know. So well, they got with, the doctor. You know. But I read nothing that would suggest uh, they realize that it's a failed academy. And that disheartens me, and so... It really doesn't make any difference which one they pick. No, They're all the same. It's become an extension of politics. Right, it's all the at same. At that level, especially. Chancellor Scott Olson says, meanwhile, that college enrollment is up across the Minnesota State Colleges and Universities system for the first time in over a decade. The Minnesota State system consists of 33 public, community, and technical college and state universities around the state. Enrollment has been declining at colleges nationwide for years, but Olson credits recent state investment in higher education for reversing the trend here. In a 2023 bill, the Minnesota legislature allocated over $4 billion dollars to higher education that established two tuition and fee-free pathways for Minnesota residents. John, I, I, I'm assuming you don't have this, but I'm curious because mm-hmm. you included trade schools and technical schools in that number as well, correct? I yeah. wonder what the breakdown would be. In other words, is the four-year programs, are they still declining while the trade schools are going up? Because that would be my assumption, wouldn't it be? I wonder. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. you think the trades were going up. All right, you. I, uh, <laughs> that, that was great. Blummer. That was. You want to save that segment maybe for a promo? Just well, <laughs> you talk about the decline of the failed academy <laughs> almost every day. Just take a deep breath, Chris. Anyway. <laughs> GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley set to hold a rally in Bloomington tonight. Haley has made it clear she intends to remain in the race despite a 20-point loss to former President Trump in her home state in South Carolina over the weekend. Haley's rally happens at the Doubletree Hotel in Bloomington, 6.30 tonight. Doors will open at We're going to serve sandwiches and have a little coffee. They have Gene Autry Suite of the Hopalong Cassidy Hotel. (laughs) They have new carpet in the lobby. Why don't we uh, take a short break here and see what our friend, the rookie, can tell us. Well, I can tell you some upbeat news because Minnesota Masonic Charities, uh, I've told you about their uh, scholarship program as one of the largest private scholarship granting organizations in the state of Minnesota. Minnesota Masonic Charities is proud to support the young people of Minnesota. How do they do that? Well, last year they launched a brand new scholarship program. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. They call it the Selfless Scholar. The way the scholarship program works is instead of inviting students to apply for a scholarship based on their achievements, the scholarship encourages young people to look beyond themselves and recognize the kindness and selflessness of their fellow students. Very, very unique. And after receiving hundreds of wonderful stories, MMC is going to be picking their 2024 group out. The 29th is the deadline. So I'll share some of those stories with you soon. But one other good thing about the scholarship, the 15 $5,000 scholarships are split between the nominator and the nominee, thereby awarding both the person who took the time to write the story and the person whose story got the attention of a peer. You will hear more. I will tell you to go to their website, mnmasoniccharities.org. That's mnmasoniccharities.org. Show is not amused. Nope. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I sometimes. You don't have to send the receipt for this one, okay? <laughs> you cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. 
Joe Suchere. Thank you to all of you GLers who have made your donation to the Frontline Foundation throughout the course of our campaign here. We're going to go another couple of days to help support the tragic incident down in Burnsville, Minnesota. The Frontline Foundation began as an attempt to help and support our fallen heroes, including law enforcement officers, firefighters, EMS, and the Minnesota National Guard. They provide support to those who died while in the line of duty by giving benefit payments to dependents of fallen first responders in addition to providing endowments and support for the families of fallen heroes. The Frontline Foundation will underwrite scholarships and training registration costs for frontline personnel as well as support preparedness training for safety officers in hospitals, schools, and places of worship. To donate, just like Joe did last week, courtesy of Rook, go online, garagelogic.com. You'll see the banner ad right there. And uh, once again, thank you to everybody that's already made your donation. We appreciate I it. I think GLers have really stepped up. They really did. Yeah. They really, really I'm did. I'm so surprised. I'm, oh, not, I'm not. They're GLers. We set a goal of 5,000, and it's over 10 right, right now. That's so awesome. Congratulations, GLers. And thank yep. you. Hell yeah. In other news, Republican National Committee Chair Rona McDaniel will resign from her post on March 8th, she said early today, as former President Trump looks to shuffle the organization's leadership as he closes in on the party's presidential nomination. That decision not unexpected. She had reportedly planned to step down after the South Carolina primary on Saturday, and Trump has already endorsed his preferred replacement, RNC General Counsel Michael Watley. RNC co-chair Drew McKissick said in a statement today that he would also resign from his role in March. Trump has endorsed his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, to serve as the next co-chair of the organization. An active duty member of the U.S. Air Force has died this morning after he set himself ablaze yesterday outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., declaring that, quote, he will no longer be complicit in genocide. The 25-year-old airman Aaron Bushnell of San Antonio, Texas, died from his injuries this morning. He had walked up to the embassy shortly before one in the afternoon Sunday, began live streaming on the video streaming platform Twitch. Uh, law enforcement officials think the man started a live stream, set his phone down, doused himself in accelerant, and ignited the flames. In a statement this morning, the Air Force said the individual involved in yesterday's incident succumbed to his injuries and passed away last night. The Air Force said it would provide additional information a day after military officials complete notifying his next of kin. <laughs> President Vladimir Zelensky said yesterday 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers had been killed since Russia's full-scale invasion two years ago. That's the first time official numbers have been released in more than a year by that country. Zelensky told the news conference he could not disclose the number of wounded because it would help Russian military planning. Uh, the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, had said 300,000 Ukrainian troops had been killed in the war, and uh, Zelensky says that is not true. New York Times report in August cited U.S. officials as putting the Ukrainian death toll at close to 70,000. The same report said that as many as 120,000 Russian troops had died during the war. This is two years now. Is this just going to go on forever? Not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, Did you guys see his video clip in an interview with MSNBC? I did not. Was he guilt-tripping the United States into sending him more money? I don't know, but his body language was really awkward. I mean, he just he looked disturbed. I can't help you. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. No. I'm broke. I can't write any more checks. Sorry. 
The body of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has been handed over to his mother, a top aide to Navalny said Saturday on his social media account. Ivan Zadnov, the director of Navalny's anti-corruption foundation, made the announcement on his Telegram account, thanked everyone who had called on Russian authorities to return Navalny's body to his mom. Earlier on Saturday, his widow accused President Vladimir Putin of mocking Christianity by trying to force his mother to agree to a secret funeral after his death in the Arctic penal colony. Early on Saturday, Navalny's widow said in a video Navalny's mother was being literally tortured by authorities who had threatened to bury Navalny in the Arctic prison. Uh, prison. Authorities have detained scores of people as they seek to suppress any major outpouring of sympathy for Putin's fiercest foe before the presidential election that he is certain to win. Meanwhile, associates of Navalny said today that talks had been underway right before his death to exchange him for a Russian imprisoned in Germany. Alexei Navalny could have been sitting here now today, not a figure of speech, according to Maria Pevchka, who lives outside Russia. She said she received confirmation the talks were in what she called the final stages, February 15th, the day before Navalny was reported dead. Her claims could not be independently confirmed. She did not offer any evidence to back them up. I went to a funeral uh, of a guy's mom, and she died at 100. Wow. And so was I wrong when I said congratulations? No. Meaning you Full should, life. when you run. die at 100, that's, you should be congratulated. How was, how was that comment meant? Very well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, anything over uh, eighty-five, it's house money. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Wait, eighty-five is yeah. your number? Yeah. Okay. Thirty was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with you made it. You house made money it. is that how they say it? Yeah. yeah. The U.S. Supreme Court is hearing arguments in a pair of cases that could fundamentally change discourse on the internet by defining for the first time what rights social media companies have to limit what their users post. The court's decision, expected by June, will almost certainly be its most important statement on the scope of the First Amendment in the Internet era, and it'll have major political and economic implications. A ruling that tech platforms like Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok and X have no editorial discretion to decide what posts to allow would expose users to a greater variety of viewpoints, but tech experts say it would almost certainly amplify the ugliest aspects of the digital age, including hate speech and disinformation. I have a question regarding that topic that I need help understanding. Yes, sir. These are privately held companies, correct? Mm -hmm. Why why wouldn't they have that ability? I don't think they should, but I'm saying don't they have then that ability since they're privately held? Well, you got your FCC rules, you know. But that doesn't apply to social media. Not at all. Oh. Well, then I don't know, Chris. You brought up something again that just is a train stop. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just, just done a car crash then. with the tires. It's not a well, I, I, car I, crash. I, it was relating to a topic on the show. Yeah, but none of us know the answer. I, I think Chris asked an important question, though. Thank you, John. Oh, and I think it's something. No. I think what it's something we should actually be discussing because I think the, it's a huge the, deal. The Twitter files, um, what we learned since Elon purchased Twitter, is just shocking and appalling. And a lot, a lot and, of people say it's still going on, even though Elon is trying to stop it. Um, uh, there's people within the walls of Twitter that are still doing their best to be subversive and and why it's their important own. joe and why we could probably spend a week's worth of shows on it is i don't know <laughs> if you know this but in a couple of months there happens to be an election and unfortunately no, social media plays a role i in didn't that. i didn't know that 
So you think they should be able to post whatever they want or no. not? No. Well, no, I, I, I'm saying I, I'm asking the question. I don't know because of the fact that it's a privately held company. They they obviously can do what they want. Correct. That's that's it's it's a fun topic. I mean, it's free speech. But like Chris said, it's a private company. So what do you do? I, I think it's a it's a fascinating topic. I, I don't know the answer. I I, I don't. I, I, but you, I, you I, must I, have you must have a theory on what you would like to. Have, well, I love right? free speech, well, but then you see some of the stuff, and you're like, oh boy, this this is free speech. See, is, you now, know, you know what I mean. But here's so, the I don't deal. Know. Here's the two sides of the coin. Yeah, what you said about me. Twitter, yeah. I think that's what it is now. It's a it's a hellhole, and you yeah. thought it was before. So oh, I think there's yeah, the two I, sides of the issue. I, I agree. So, I th- but I think it was before, and it's yeah, it still is. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Sort of. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any. I, idea. Do I don't know. Do All right. Now? Anyway, uh, that we'll find out in June. By the way, what the Supreme Court and when that happens, I'm going to devote an entire newscast just to that. It's all <laughs> it's all surreal Jedi mind control with the algorithms and everything else. It's just it's weird. Joe, yeah. we live in a weird time. Yeah. What? I saw a what? guy on Twitter. He, 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 his wife's back was to him in the kitchen, and he comes by and he sticks his finger in this pot of water and licks it, and and then you can see him add a little salt. And mm-hmm. she turns around with a wash rag in her hand, and she'd been using that water to clean the. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> clean the sink and <laughs> algorithms got you. You know what? Yeah. Here's, uh, yeah. Why the would they send that part, to me? I wonder. The best part of <laughs> Facebook, Joe. Yeah, kitty videos. I love cat videos. That's, I would watch them for hours and okay. hours and hours. Well, maybe you can go to the next cat film festival. Yeah. I would be honored <laughs> because I am the traffic kitty on my talk. Oh. That's great. Wow. Boy, that's, that story went <laughs> No idea quickly. what that means. Yeah. In, uh, mail. <laughs> John, do you know that the Minnesota, huh? John, yeah. did you know that the Minnesota DFL party will allow people without the right to vote to participate in precinct caucuses? <sighs> no, no, but if you hum a few bars, I'll fake it. Rears, uh, I'm stunned, Joe. No, no, I, I am too. Uh, did you give me this story? Mm-hmm. And uh, when did you find it? This morning. It's dated January 26, 2022. Right out of the, right out of the hopper. <laughs> Fresh out of the hopper. You know, this I, one's hot. I'm glad I caught myself right <laughs> off at the top. I only Coming read one sentence. Yeah. I wonder if it was updated. I wonder what the hell you're doing. Would you... you He's trying. It's just a swing and a miss, Joe. Swing. Go ahead, John. All right. uh, In Kentucky, uh, Georgetown police found what is believed to be a large quantity of marijuana at a local liquor store after executing a search warrant, according to Assistant Police Chief Josh Nash. Josh said we received a drug complaint. We were able to find multiple pounds of marijuana or what we believed to be marijuana that they were openly selling in the liquor store. No arrests have been made. The investigation is ongoing. Maybe a hint of what was going on there. The name of the liquor store, 420 Liquors. 420 Liquors. Lit. 420 Liquors. Yep, lit. Boy, I smell a lot of weed. The warmer it gets outside, the more you can smell smell weed in your car. Yeah. Your windows are down. You just go by random, and all of a sudden, boom. I smell weed. He got weed. You know what I I noticed lately on my walks? 
Yeah. I walk by certain areas. It sure as hell, somebody must be sitting on their deck just smoking. Well, you walk joint. down it's, River Boulevard, you got weed. Yeah. It's like yeah. manure in the country, right? Yeah. All you smell in the spring yes. is manure. Or manure. I don't know what manure is, but I have smelled manure. manure. Yeah. The part I don't get is the traveler that travels in at 8.30 a.m. and is completely baked already. We got a pregame for work. You know how much their lives suck? Oh you blame God. them? Come on. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I, I, I have to side with Kenny. If I had to spend all day at the airport dealing with jackasses, yeah, I would be, I would be, Brooke, I would be so high. Mind. Oh, my God. I'd be snoop high. <laughs> well, John, but I, I did, should do it. I just all did right, read a story about how officials, um, Department of Transportation, police, troopers, etc., are saying that more and more crashes now are being attributed to people driving high. Mm -hmm. So. Oof. I yeah. followed a guy down River Boulevard. He was going about 12, and the smoke <laughs> would just pour oh. out of that car. I was in no hurry. I rather enjoyed the contact. You, you know? like the secondary yeah. buzz? Yeah. You know, <laughs> guy does what he can. You I had know? some tunes on. I thought, this is not bad. Pink Floyd, yeah, yeah. another yeah. brick in the wall. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Why'd you stop me, officer? Well, uh, was it speeding? Oh, you were going 12. What's your name? Frida. Frida what? Frida to go. All right, you're, thank you. Yep. Free to go. Free to go. Are we free to go now? I am. Yeah. Okay. It's the new year and everyone is talking about their resolutions. Resolutions are based on topics for which we have become complacent. The Canopy Group has a New Year's resolution for you. Last year, over 2,700 Minnesotans conquered their complacency and contacted the Canopy Group for their home and auto insurance needs. That is an easy call because 80% of those people had only one agent with one company. No options. The Canopy Group offered them 40 professional with 16 companies. Many options. The Canopy Group's New Year resolution has always been to annually examine every existing Canopy client. Each and every day, the Canopy Group team is reaching out to their client base and moving many clients from one of their 16 companies to a different company that they also represent. This is a great call for the Canopy Group to make because it is their ongoing promise to always provide their clients with the best coverage at the best price and forever doing away with the insurance complacency. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. A professor of Pan-American Studies because hmm. the Field Academy will employ just about anybody. If they told the line at Cal State University, Cal State University, Los Angeles has proclaimed that the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl win was an example of white supremacy and that being a Taylor Swift fan is slightly racist. Huh. <laughs> okay. Just slightly. Yeah. Cal State? Yeah, Cal State. <laughs> Professor Melina Abdullah, whose real name is Melina Rachel Ryman, has gone viral in which she turned the Chiefs' Super Bowl win into a racist conspiracy theory, hmm. according to the New York Post. After the game ended in Vegas, the professor jumped to her ex-account to exclaim, 
Why do I feel this was some right-wing white supremacist conspiracy? Well, because you're an idiot. (laughs) (coughs) Whoops. Excuse me. Black Lives Matter organizer, pan-Africanist, hip-hop scholar, daughter of God, womanist, truth-teller mama. What? That's that's who she is. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, she she was born in Oakland, nowhere near Africa. Her father, John Ryman, is a Trotsky-esque communist and a union thug. Even her grandfather was a member of the Communist Party in Germany. And yes, that means her father is white. Nonetheless, Abdullah is sure that everything is racist. In fact, she admitted to just that point, replying on X, saying, folks think they're attacking me by asking why everything is racist. I'm not offended. Virtually everything is racist. Hmm. She fits into the mystery really well. Yeah, she was also in on the Jesse Smollett lie too. She she thought he mm. was in our commitment to abolition. We can never believe police, especially the Chicago police, over Jesse Smollett, a black man who has been courageously present, visible, and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. No, he arranged his own fake hanging. You yeah. uh, irredeemable We're- fool. There were a lot of people in the on the Democratic side that were yeah. on his side. Uh, it, it, could it simply be she's a 49ers fan and has no explanation for the <laughs> horrible game they played that That's day? a good point. She's from yeah. the Oakland area. Oh. In other she comments... A, a Niners fan. I'm looking at her Twitter account. She is definitely a Niners so, fan. So there you go. In other comments, Abdullah portrayed all police officers as slave catchers and told black Americans that you literally have a target on your back placed there by murderous, racist cops. Finally, Melina Rachel Ryman is also accusing conservative media outlets of perpetuating violence against her for daring to report her outrageous and hateful comments. Here's the thing, she wrote, when fake-ass journalists from right-wing outlets turn tweets into news, they spur actual violent responses from their white delusionist followers. Well, you know, I'm going to agree with her on something. Who was it? Who was it that decided to give this newsworthiness? It was uh, Breitbart. Otherwise, I wouldn't have seen it. A Warner Todd Houston with Breitbart. Professor says Chief Super Bowl win is white supremacy, and it's slightly well, racist. Maybe they're giving it publicity because it's yet another example of a failed academy professor. Yeah, she's not as special as she thinks she is. The media would do the same thing if she were white or any other she nationality. Is, she is white. Oh, I thought you said she was black, no, and she came she, from Africa. No, she calls herself black, but she's from Oakland. Oh, oh, oh she, she identifies. Her, I see. Okay, now that makes sense. Wait, we can do that? <laughs> I didn't know that was All you possible. All think it up. Oh, she calls California. Herself a, she calls herself a Black Lives Matter organizer, pan-Africanist, hip-hop scholar, daughter of God, womanist, truth-teller, and mama. And I call her a cracker. I call her a crack <laughs> pot. Well, she, she is half black. She's half okay. black, half white. She's got a half, okay. Are you looking at a picture of her? Yep, I am. Is she a looker? Um, well, that doesn't yeah, matter, does it? So all of a sudden, so now she's okay? Suits. So now you're saying she's okay, She's fine. Are we recording before I answer that? I'll go off the council and answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you going to do? And uh, 
had something else I better get. Oh, Downing had a wonderful point. And, you know, I like to give time to the great thinkers of GL. Yeah, I know we do. That's nice. He sells pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. But not at this time of year. Uh, no, they have to grow. They're not grown up yet. He ain't, he ain't seen them out of the earth. Mr. Mayor, I'd like to share some deep thoughts on why all this mail-in and early voting is a bad idea. One, it doesn't give voting the respect it deserves. It treats voting like a nuisance, a chore, a burden from which the government must provide relief, rather than as a right and an obligation we hold so important that we shall schedule our life around it. Two, it mocks the very idea of an informed, deliberative electorate. It shows how people have already made up their minds before the campaigns play out and that they aren't open to any possibility of new information or further thought changing their vote. We should be like Bud Grant and not commit to a decision until it has to be made. Third and most important, voting in a lengthy early voting period and by mail contributes to the social and political divide that sickens this country. People vote in solitude, in a vacuum, or if not, then in an echo chamber as part of harvesting votes with like-minded voters. But the thing is, they cast their votes against the other, all without ever coming into contact with those they vilify for voting differently. Hmm. Think about what you see when you go to the polls in person. You walk in and you pass people walking out. You don't know how they voted, but you nod and hold the door. You may know some of them. They are your neighbors, your fellow Americans. Inside, you wait in line. You look about the room. You see others waiting, all ages, different sorts of dress. Some you may know or merely recognize because you've seen them walking their dogs or shopping at the store. They are your neighbors, your fellow Americans, all waiting peacefully for their turn to vote. You know, however, that many of these people, your neighbors, your fellow Americans, are voting differently from you. But what you don't see... You don't see anyone with horns. You don't see any literal Nazis. You don't see deplorables, communists, or people who hate America. No, you see your neighbors, your fellow Americans. And you think that maybe we aren't so different, and maybe we can get along. Remote voting is a lot like social media. It's easy to hate the other when you are hiding behind a screen or a mailbox. But it's harder to hate your neighbors, your fellow Americans, face-to-face. I think he should submit this someplace. I think he should submit that to some magazine or so. I think that's yeah, a I think that's a hell of a piece. Very well done. And it's true, which is why I vote in person. I do too. And uh, Willard Anger writes, uh, on the Feb 22 podcast, you briefly brought up the hardware uh, store situation in Frisco where one must have store personnel walk you through your shopping. A few missives ago, I noted that we would be reduced to making appointments for all our retail experiences. I was only being a little facetious, and I hadn't considered hardware stores. I guess that's where we're headed. Everything will be like making an appointment for a haircut. Ring, ring, hello, Fratellonis, how can I help? I need a torque wrench and some sea foam. When can I come in? Monday at 10.15, okay. If you want a weekend appointment, we're two weeks out. And so on. And due to the inefficiencies, prices will rise through no fault of the manufacturer or retailer who nonetheless will be blamed. Hmm. Now, I would say that's hyperbole, but everything's on the table today. Everything. 
Nothing works as it should. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit if you have to start making an appointment to go to the store. Would not surprise me wow. a bit. I don't want that, America. Well, Let's fight it. Let's fight it. What do you think we're doing? We're fighting. What do you think we're doing? We are fighting. Let's go. Isn't it I terrible? Mean, I know. I mean, why all this know, anger? What? Angst. A Venezuelan immigrant who illegally crossed the border into Texas in 2022 is charged in the murder of a Georgia nursing student. Not according to the AP. The Biden administration released the Venezuelan national in El Paso, where he listed an NGO in New York City as his final destination. What's an NGO? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, a, no. a U.S. A source within U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and Removal Operations told Breitbart, Texas, that its officers in the Atlanta field once arrested 26-year-old Jose San Antonio Ibarra, where he is now charged with the alleged murder of University of Georgia Athens nursing student, 22-year-old Lakin Hope Riley. I can't foghorn a dead kid. The source, not authorized to speak with the media, said Ibarra entered the U.S. in September of 2022 and was subsequently released due to overcrowding in migrant shelters. NGO stands for Non-Governmental Organization, a voluntary group that provides services or advocates a public policy. I knew that that meant non-government organization, but it didn't. that didn't make sense in this context, but maybe it does. He listed an NGO in New York City as his destination. Oh, okay. So maybe there's some non-governmental organization in New York where he was headed for a cot and a couple of hot meals. I have no idea. Yeah. It's a shame, though. But the story's been written in, uh, from the standpoint of how female joggers have to be careful of their surroundings. Yeah, the AP... Uh, well, no, a, you have to be careful of illegal immigrants, too. The AP had a very misleading headline, and it caused a bit of an outrage on social media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well... I, uh, could I uh, make uh, one... When we were talking about the professor, and uh, we're... It's and the, the pictures that she... The, that she has on her media account. It's kind of like, you know, the poster of us that was taken... I don't know, 20 years ago, and everybody says, you guys don't look like that. Right, in the hallway. Yeah. Well, I think the picture she has on social media, same deal. They're about 20 years old. And she looks a little different now. You got so. her. She's uh, she's advertising a better self. Mm -hmm. than, yeah. Than For a previous yeah. self. We a, all do that. A previous self. Yeah. Sure. Candy looks especially fetching on our poster. Is that when now. he's got that big head of raccoon hair? Like a, about a hundred kind of... pounds lighter, at least. <laughs> Only because they come to us does Renewal by Anderson wish to say, join us, we too enjoy, only because they come to us. Mm. I'm talking what? about... <laughs> I'm just not. I, wanna, just I think I want to hear that in replay. Can you oh, replay yeah. that? I can once we're done recording the show. Because that made no sense. No sense. Renewal of... by Anderson brings you only because they... Only yeah. on, on strike two. Jeez. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow yeah, they're going to be okay. Yeah. Just go for a base hit. Here. Just try to get wow. on the base. 
I'm trying to hit it out of the park, Kenny. No, yeah. Kenny, it's worse than that. Kenny, it's worse than that. It's when I say to my kid, just lean into one, okay? Just let the pitcher <laughs> drill you. Just try to get to first base here. Let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. If you need windows, yep. forget uh-huh. this day in history. That's not part. They, they sponsor only because... For now. But it's renewal by Anderson. The Anderson acclaim replacement windows are top drawer. You're, not, they want to schedule you're a updating your home in ways that improve your everyday life. You know, they engineer and innovate these things right here, made in Minnesota. Got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're durable. And they perform well. They're custom built. And I don't want to get into the math, but they got it tight there. One sixteenth of an inch. One sixteenth of an inch of your opening for a weather tight fit to uh, to prevent wow. drafting. And it's not just windows. It's pa- you guys know Renewal by Anderson. The They're the best. You mm-hmm. you need windows, but they also do patio doors and entry doors. Renewal by Anderson has the best products and the best service. You can learn more at Renewal. By Anderson.com backslash garage logic. Then we'd get a little recognition, see, and they'd think, man, I'm glad we advertise with them. Or you can call Renewal by Anderson at 651 705 6931 and tell them you're thankful that they bring you only because. They come to us all the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. From the traveling uh, linemans. It was on this day. Methinks day today is uh, the day of February 26th. In 1853, on this day, Edward D. Neal hmm. obtained a charter for the Baldwin School, which later became St. Paul's McAllister College. Hmm. On this day. 226. In 1857, territorial delegate Henry M. Rice succeeded in lobbying Congress to pass the Enabling Act for the state of Minnesota. This act defined the state's boundaries and authorized the establishment of a state government. On this day, February 26, in 1857... Mount Zion Hebrew Congregation, the first Jewish organization in Minnesota, was formed in St. Paul. Yes. Yes. Of course. On this day. Yes. What is this date? On this day. 226. In 1883, Hubbard County was organized and named for Lucius F. Hubbard, who served as governor from 1882 to 1886. I asked no this question. Was he a believer? Yes. Okay. And finally, on this day, <laughs> I just in, need to know. In 1985, Prince swept the Grammy Awards as his soundtrack to Pul- Purple Rain earned rewards for best soundtrack, best rock performance, and best R&B song. That was a pretty good disc, huh? I saw a a video of a very young Prince uh, with his band being interviewed by Dick Clark. Oh, yeah, that's making the rounds. And uh, Prince could not have been more of a pathetic ass talking to Dick Dick Clark. (laughs) Well, there's a good chance he was a bit nervous. No, he was being a jerk. Dick Clark is just the an chief, idiot. is the head chief cracker of the entire world. So yeah, I can see it. See, uh, I saw over the weekend a great clip of him. I doing, guess we'll uh, go with Kenny's then. I 
<laughs> of him co- covering a whole lot of love uh, in concert. Oh, I bet that's was, cool. It was <laughs> excellent. He plays a great guitar solo, and then he it breaks down into a little funk thing. That's oh, it's cool as hell. Well, how I do I see have, this? Well, I just go to YouTube. Is it on the tubes? It's called Google. Biscuit whiskers. Um, biscuit whiskers, and you'll. Find I always it. watch the uh, play that funky music one too. That, yeah, that that's makes cool, the yeah. rounds. Everybody's wearing the white fur boots. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of yep. good. That's at Englewood. I'm not saying Prince wasn't a great musician. I'm saying on that occasion he acted like a complete fool. You know, Dick Clark would say, "How many, how many takes did this record take?" And he and he would he didn't say anything. And he would just hold up four fingers. He called uh, Sid. Mr. Hartman. Yes, he did. What else do you need from that? Was years, that was years after this Dick Clark thing. I'm sure Prince matured a bit as he aged. That's one of my favorite stories, though. Hello, Mr. Hartman. Yeah. Miami. That's right. That's where the game was. 2013, was that? No, it was 2007. Wasn't it? Uh, maybe it's 2007. Is Royce still in FLA? He is. He has checked in. What time are you calling? Um, so I think he comes home either tonight or tomorrow. Treated to another edition of Monday Night Sports Talk, Fort Myers edition. But hey, if you can't get enough of Garage Logic, then join the thousands of GLers who have found us on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Garage Logic Podcast and subscribe for your daily content, including behind the scenes content. Full segments and video shorts. That's Garage Logic Podcast on YouTube. Monday Chuck.